are in the third sermon of our new series. This is our story, the church, the church story. We are coming out of this morning, the book of Acts, the book of Acts, and we will be reading verses 1 through 11 coming out of the New American Standard Bible. It will be before you. Oh, y'all got the uh, Amplified up? Okay, I'll go with the Amplified, whatever. Whatever y'all got up, that's what I will read, okay? Okay. Uh, this morning was the New American Standard, okay? <laughs> See, they're trying, they're trying to trick me up, okay? Good thing I looked up, okay? I saw that. Okay, we will read it out of the Amplified, and it reads as such in our hearing. In the former account which I prepared, O Theopolis, I made a continuous report dealing with all the things which Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he ascended, after he through the Holy Spirit had instructed and commanded the apostles, the special messengers, whom he has chosen. To them also he showed himself alive after his passion, his suffering in the garden and on the cross by a series of many convincing <coughs> demonstration, unquestionably evidence and infallible proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and talking to them about the things of the kingdom of God. And while being in their company and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now you shall be baptized, a place in, introduced into the Holy Spirit. So when they were assembly, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you shall reestablish the kingdom, restore it to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and to know what time brings, the things and the evidence or the events, let me get it together, <laughs> the things and the events, sons, their critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed fixed reserve by his own choice authority and personal power but you shall receive power that is ability efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends the very bonds of the and when they had said this, and when he had said this, even as they was looking at him, he was caught up and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. 
And while they were glazing intensely into the heaven as he went, behold, two men dressed in white robes suddenly stood beside them who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand glazing, glazing into heaven? The same Jesus who was caught away, lifted up from among you into heaven, will return in just the same way in which you saw him go into heaven. Amen. 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 Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, ask for preaching power, hearing power, receiving power. So saturate us in this place. Father, allow us to see our story. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Here is Luke, the physician, who apparently is associated with Paul. And he's been running with Paul, recording everything that Paul is going through. And the book of Acts, which is called the Acts of the Apostle, which probably should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit that is acting, working through the disciples in the church, is bridging the gap between the gospel and the epistles. Let me see if I can make that more clear. Here Luke is, he is telling them what happened after Jesus left and returned to heaven. Because the story don't end after he got up from the grave. The story don't end after he appeared 40 days to the apostles and disciples. Matter of fact, the story still isn't finished. If you want to know the truth about it, the story of the church is still being written because we are the church. And I believe that, that that story is still being written out in our lives. I got a question on the table. The question is, if God is still writing the church story, what part do we play? Huh. Because the truth is, we are in the church age. Let me explain what the church is. The church age is when the Holy Spirit is doing a new thing that he didn't do in the Old Testament. The church age is when we are gathered in Christ, and Christ is in us. Luke, 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 Luke is taking his time, and, and he is writing the book of Acts because he wants us to understand our history. He wants us to understand that our God, that our Lord, our Savior, Jesus, is still active in the church today. I want you to see something. Because Acts is really volume two of book one. Because book one is really Luke, the gospel according to Luke. Turn there with me. Turn, turn there with me. Turn there with me so that you can... Follow me in my thinking process. Luke chapter 1, 
we are going to read it out of the New American Standard. Design. There we go. They got it this time. Listen how he, how he, how he writes this out. He says, in as much as many has undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they have handed down to us by those from the beginning who were eyewitnesses and servants of the world. Listen to what he's saying. He says, he says, Theopolis, I know that you're hearing the story of Jesus and, 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 and Theopolis apparently is a high official because he says, oh, excellency. So he is addressing a high official, not someone that is Jewish, but someone that is Greek. And he is approaching him in this title. And what he's doing is, I want you to know, I want to bring, make clear the accounts that has happened concerning Jesus and the church. I don't want you to be, be, be swayed by rumors. I want you to know what I'm talking about. I want you to have a clear, accurate picture so that if you decide to believe, you know in whom you believe. Ah, oh, yeah, come on, y'all. Well, listen, listen, listen. Luke is trying to make clear to this high official, I heard that, that you've been hearing some things and that you might be wanting to believe. Well, I don't want you to believe the wrong thing. All right. All right. Let, me, let me read on. He says, it seemed fitting for me as well. Verse 3, it seemed fitting to me as well. He said, though others have done it, I'm going to do it for you. He said, having investigated everything carefully. When in the original language, Luke is saying, I have thoroughly, I have completely studied, investigated to make sure that the things that was told me was true. My, my brothers and sisters, do you know what he's doing? He's saying, I have a reason for my hope, and I'm not ashamed to share with you what I know. My question is, is this, does this sound like blind faith or does this sound like investigated faith? I, I think that Luke will be able to give a reason for his faith, don't you? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that we are living in the days that folk just won't take you at your word. There was a time because the culture was a culture that accepted the gospel. Christianity was the main thought. But I want you to know that things have switched, that things have changed. Now people are approaching Christianity as though it's not the truth, as though now you not only have to say what you believe, but you got to give reason of why you believe it. See, 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 as a Christian, you can't be scared when people ask you questions. You should be able to stand flat-footed on what you know and know what you know and not be swayed. That's what he's saying. He says, I investigated this. I'm not telling you fables. I'm not telling you just what I heard. But 
after I heard it, because Luke was not a eyewitness. He is talking about what Paul told him, what Peter told him. He's a second-hand witness. And what I mean by that is he, didn't, he wasn't there, but he got caught up in believing, and he investigated. So he said, I know in whom I believe. I want to know today, even though it has been 21 one, one century since, since, since the coming of Christ, is there anybody in the house who know in whom they believe? Is there anyone that is persuaded that they're standing on the truth and they don't care who asked them questions? Let me hurry. Let me hurry on this. He says, he says, he says, he says, he says, I investigated everything carefully from the beginning of Christ, really up to now, to write it out for you in consecutive order. I, I want you to see from beginning to end what happened. Right. Most right. excellent, Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been you know what he's saying? I want to deepen your knowledge so your faith can deepen. Do you understand what should be happening on Sunday morning and when we go to Sunday school, when we go to Bible school? The truth ought to be preparing us to get deeper. Where our faith gets stronger so that our witness will be more powerful. You can't witness to what you don't know. Uh, you, you can't be convinced of what you don't know. And, and when somebody who is not believing what you believe, who, who do not stand on the truth, you should be able with confidence. Even if you don't know all the answers to the question they asked, you should know your own testimony. You should know what Jesus is to you. Shouldn't nobody be, if, if you have really experienced Jesus, shouldn't nobody be able to make you move off of what you know he has done in your life? Oh, you, you may not know all the name of the books, all the ups and downs, but you ought to know something. And you ought to be growing on what you know. Matter of fact, you shouldn't be standing still in what you know. Because if you're growing, if you're standing still, you're really going backwards. So, so, so he's writing and saying, I want you to see, I want you to understand. Turn with me. All right, we'll go up on the screen. First John chapter 1. I gave him chapter 3 this morning. I must have been tired when I gave it to Kathleen. I started reading it, and it didn't come up right. So chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, there we go. Watch this. Watch John. Same ideal, same thought. What I'm trying to do is, is this. Trying to get us to understand the mindset of the first century church. If we can understand how they thought about what they believed, then we can check it 
to what we think about what we believe. Hold on, let's, let's, let's take it a step farther. If we can see their passion, their desire, the, the pressing that they have, then we can say, are we as enthusiastic? Uh, have, 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 do we have the same passion? Uh, are, are, are we, if they are about our father's business, are we doing the same business that they were doing? Somebody said, uh-oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, watch. It says, what was from the beginning, what we heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our, look at what John's saying. John's saying, what we related to you is we heard it from the Old Testament. We saw it when he came. We even touched him. He said, I, I'm talking about what I have experienced with Jesus because that is what I have been relaying to you. Watch, watch this. Concerning the word of life. There's two things he's talking about here. The word that they preach in Jesus. Because Jesus is the word of life. Amen. And when you preach Jesus, Amen. you're giving to others the word that brings life. Amen. Let's go up. Next verse. And the life, and the life was manifest. No, we're saying, he said, God's life was manifest in Jesus. When we saw Jesus, we saw the manifestation of God. Amen. He is the source of life, yes, the creator of life, yes. the giver of life. And, and we held it, we saw it, we walked with it, we experienced it. He said, and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you. The, that internal, the eternal life. That's what he's saying. Yes, sir. That's what he's saying. He says, because of our experience, we are obligated and stirred up right. to make sure that you know. Oh, yes, sir. Y'all uh, don't hear me? Oh, yes, sir. Watch this. He says, not just because we are apostles, but because we are Christians. Right. Yes, sir. And the events and the knowledge and the person of Jesus is so mind-blowing, so life-changing, that once we come out of this experience, we should have a can't help it going to tell you even if you don't want me to. <laughs> Listen, what I'm, what I'm capturing is this. This was the whole attitude of the first century church, even though them talking about Jesus put their life on the line. I think that the, 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 the movie AD that comes on NBC tonight that starts, if, if I'm not, if I may be wrong, I think it shows what last week was at 8 o'clock, then shows something new at 9 o'clock. And if you've been watching it, 
what you discover is that the disciples was terrified. And the reason why they was terrified, because the same folks that crucified Jesus wanted to crucify them. So Peter denying Jesus while Jesus was, was on trial, Peter understood that, that me being one of them, one of him, that my life is in jeopardy. And, and this is not what I thought it was going to be. So, 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 no, I, I don't know the man. No, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. I done told you once that I don't know the... Bleep, I don't know him. How many times I got to bleep tell you I don't... You, you know, you know how we get when we want to put emphasis. You know, some of us don't think they hear us unless we bleep. We want to make sure they get it, so it's bleep. Let me just say for the record, Bleeping don't make you no clear. <laughs> it don't have no more power than if you do it with the grace of God. Matter of fact, it has no power. It just take you to the next person's level when you up there bleeping like they bleeping. Okay, let's get back on track. Well, listen, listen, listen. So when the disciples are hiding, they're hiding because they are in real danger. They're in real danger. Jesus started a revolution, y'all. <laughs> he started changing things. Folks, Started acting differently. Folks didn't, didn't wouldn't worship Caesar no more. The Pharisees started losing their power. I mean, all of a sudden, folks who was a nobody became somebody. All of a sudden, folks that every that nobody would. You know what I love about the Lord? He picked folks that most folks won't pick. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all sitting there like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But if the truth be known, some of y'all know you wasn't always having a hell on your head. Some of y'all know you wasn't always wearing your nice, proper dress. Some of y'all know. I try not to go there, man, but, but, they, but, they, but, but, they, but they won't come with me. Go there. Blame him. He said, go there. Some of y'all know you wasn't high on the Holy Ghost always. Some of y'all know y'all was drinking some spirits, not stirring up the spirit. Shaking the spirit. Not, 
If y'all know what I'm talking about, ask the person next to y'all. Some drinks are shaking, not stirred. forget that because 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 we know that that is the experience of God that deliver us from where we was to where we are so that when we run into people who look like we used to look you don't look down on them you don't talk about them but you share with them you know what God purposely has picked folks from all sorts of wrong living. Whatever is out there got former those things in here. Uh, Come on. Come on. So, So how can we act like they ought to come in here clean when we didn't come in here clean. How come we, we act like that, that we got our nose stuck up in the air when, 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 when we used to be worse than what that was? And, and for some of us, we still slipping and dipping and dodging and weaving and bending and grace because we better than we used to be but 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 they turned to the person that said you got a story you you got a story you do you got a story do you got a story do you got a story of, of how he brought you through do, do you got a story of how he delivered you do you got a story that he's been good to you do, do you got a story of how he stepped in right on time do you got a story that nobody but Jesus, do you got a story that, 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 that you don't believe it yourself? Do you got a story I used to be, I used to go, I used to do? I... The story is still being written. You know, you know what that encourages me? Because perhaps you don't like where your story is right now. But wait a minute. It's not the end of your story. Know why you can't kill yourself? You don't know the end of your story. was listening to T.D. Jakes, and he said it was at a time in his life when, when it was just, he just thought he had messed up. Young man. And he said he took a whole bottle of pills, but he woke up the next morning. He said, I took the whole bottle, but I woke up. He said, matter of fact, I didn't even sleep late. It's like, 
You go back to the bottle and make sure. Was I dreaming? It's empty. He said, he said, I'm glad God kept me. Because that's what he said. He said, because I never would have seen what God was up to. If I would have ended my life when it was at its worst. He said, I wouldn't be here preaching. I wouldn't experience what God had for me in my Oh, let me speak to somebody. Just do all that you can to get through. What you're going through right now will not always be the way it is. And if God couldn't use what you're going through, he wouldn't allow you to go through it. Your story is still being written. And let me help you. In your story, there's some up times, there's some down times. Matter of fact, let me throw something away. Those of you that seems like it's been down for a long time, if you let go and let God and let him write your story and apply some faith to what you don't know but who you know, God will turn it around in such a way that the former will be better than the later. How can I say it? Well, let me say it the right way. That the end will be better than the beginning. That, that, that what you've been through will fade away and God will pay you back for everything you've been through. If you keep the faith with all you got is faith, God's going to say, I'm going to bless you because you trust me when it was hard to trust. If you can praise God when you don't feel like it, God is going to give you something that's going to increase your praise. Can you trust? Let me, let me, let me. Let me read on. What's this? What's this? Uh, Gospel of John, verse 20. Let me step back. Let me step back. Let me step back. Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19. He says, on that same day of the week, when it was evening, though the disciples were behind closed doors for fear. Listen, they're hiding. They're afraid. I do have to give them credit that at least they're staying together. No, that tells me when you're going through the darkest time of your life, that is not the time to be by yourself. But let me put a, a note here. That is not time to go back to what you used to be. That's a time to get some sure enough folks who know how to get some prayer through. Some sure enough folks that will pour some scripture into you. Some folks that will love you in spite of you. Some folks that you can really let your hair down be for real with, cry with, and they will say, but it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. I know God. God ain't finished yet. 
Somebody said, hold on. God ain't finished yet. Now, God, turn to the person next to you and tell them, hold on. God's not finished yet. He's up to something. He's up. If you trust him, he's up to something. Watch this, watch this, watch this. In the midst of them together, okay, behind closed door, Jesus shows up. Listen, he, he doesn't even come through the door. He just there. I thought it was 11 of us. How come I'm counting 12? And then, and then he says, listen, of all things, peace. Peace. You know what I discovered? That no matter what the situation is, when God speaks peace, without God changing a thing, without the circumstance even moving, won't peace come, won't joy come? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Still in the same situation, but your perspective has changed. Somehow you went down burden, you went down low, but you got up saying hallelujah. You went down saying, I want to kill myself, but you got to say, I think I'm going to run on a little bit longer. There's something about when Jesus shows up. I, I, I want to say this. I, I got to say this. You need to pray until there's a shift in your spirit. Sometimes the burden is too great for it to be a, a, a five-minute prayer. Sometimes you got to lose sleep, not eat, and just lay there before the Lord say, I, I ain't going nowhere. I can't, I ain't going nowhere until you touch me, Lord. It's in the text. It's in the text. Look what he says. He says, peace be unto you. And so saying, look what he says. He said, I want you to know I'm not a ghost. And he said, my hands and my side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy, delight, <laughs> exhilaration. They, they, they are static, rapture. My question is this. Nothing has changed. Just Jesus' presence is there. If I can just... See, this is what I learned a long time ago. When the devil is on my back, he don't want me to get in God's presence. Whenever you start having a pity party, I dare you. Get on your knees. That red, my knees hurt. I can go lay prostrate on the floor. Lay prostrate on the bed and stretch out and say, Lord, Lord, Lord. You don't know no, when you don't know what to say, just call his name. Jesus. Jesus. Next, next verse, next verse, next verse. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Just as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sending you. 
for those of you that don't see Jesus as God, I want you. I want to show you something. Uh, I don't know if I gave y'all this, but it's verse 23. I believe verse 24, because at this apparent uh, showing of Jesus, Dalton Thomas isn't there. I, I, I don't. I don't blame Pete Thomas. He didn't see what they saw. Yes, now having received the Holy Spirit and being, let's see, are we in the right place? Okay. And, okay. But Thomas, one of the 12 called Denimus, was not with them when Jesus came. Are y'all with me? Okay. Next, did I give y'all the next verse? If not, just go ahead and... Let's see. So the disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see him, see, unless, unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nail, put my finger in the place of the nails, and my hand into his side, I will not believe. <laughs> After eight days, the disciples were again inside. Notice that in this time of fear, trouble, that at least was encouraging. Well, that's what the church ought to be doing. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, how can I, let me just say this. If what comes out of your mouth is not encouraging, don't say it. When we get together, listen, we have enough trouble on the outside for us to bring trouble on the inside. I'm going to say this and take it the way you want to say it. If we can't get ourselves together and get in the right frame of mind, maybe be best if you stay home that Sunday. You know why I say that? Listen, 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 listen. If I'm at that place, why would I want to bring my sister and brother down? Now, it's best for me to go say, man, I'm down. Need you to pray with me. Need you to shout with me. But why would I cut him up when my blessing may be coming from him? It's when we understand why we are here and what should be taking place. I mean, they could be fighting. The stress could have them fighting. But they're not fighting. They are encouraging one another because, because how can I say this? They understand that God is up to something. And they're not quite sure what. Move on. Okay, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came. The doors haven't been shut. Stood in the midst saying, peace with... Notice he keep on telling them. He keep on saying what they need the most. <laughs> it's peace. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger. See my hand. Reach your hand. Put it in my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Next verse. Watch this. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord... <laughs> Amen. And he worshiped. Amen. And Jesus received it. See, from a Western mindset, we are we are Western. We miss how the Bible exalts Jesus as God. Yes, sir. So let me explain yes, to you. 
in the Eastern mindset, in Asia and all that, Africa, the son it has always, always had equality with the father. Oh, yes, sir. So just with Jesus being called the son of God does not make him less. It gives him equality. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And every Jewish mind understood that. They understood that. It's just that our thinking, our way of looking at that is not there. So when we read it, because these are Jewish people, we miss the importance of it. Here, it is made clear. Where I want you to go. I want you to go. Thomas believes, okay. Uh, go back to verse... 2022. I skipped some. Okay, 19, go 20. 21. Watch this. No, 21. Watch this. There are, is that 21? Go to 22. Okay. Watch this. He's with them. And don't miss the importance of what is happening. This is what he does. He says he got them, and he does it. And what he's saying is, the next phase of what's going to happen to you before I set you out on your mission, I'm going to breathe on you. There are, from my count, maybe I'm wrong, there are four times in the Bible where God breathed. First was in Adam, when, when, when Adam, chapter Genesis 2 and 7, when he forms his body, but he has already formed their spirit in Genesis chapter 127. He made them in his image, but now he makes their earth suit. And the Bible says he... Oh, yes, sir. And they became a living soul. Now, if I bring Genesis 127, where he made them, he made him male and female, when he breathed into Adam, he breathed into Adam, male and female, which means that Adam, though he's in a man's body, his spirit and his, and his soul got Eve in him. So now when he reaches in to eat Adam, put him asleep, he not just pull out the rib, he pulls out her spirit and her soul that was in him, take part of him. So now he know that something is missing when he wakes up. And he builds Eve. Now watch this. He built Eve, even though scripture don't say it, I believe that while she's laying there, he Then he brings her back into Adam. He walks her down the aisle so that the two will become one, but they started off as one. Well, let me show you some, 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 some example. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are spirit, soul, and body, but there's, how many Terry's is it? Wait a minute, but you're spirit, 
You sow your body. How many tears is it? Hold on. But you spirit? You sow your body. How many tears is it? You can look at me and talk, okay? You was right the first time, <laughs> okay? Why? Because cause that's the whole makeup of who we are. And God reached in and separated, made it two, then brought it back together. Adam and Eve. What's this? Scripture says that the word was given by inspiration. Paul writes that in Timothy, but it don't mean inspiration. It means God. Amen. And here Amen. what he's saying is when Pentecost comes, oh, yes, sir. Yes, I'm going to breathe on you. Uh-huh. I'm going to send you a comforter. Now, what he is establishing is we've been in the Old Testament and you're not going to operate by the Old Testament anymore. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on you. Uh-huh. In the New Testament, he's going to be he said don't go nowhere because you don't got power to do what you need to do but I tell you what's going to happen he said on the day of Pentecost where all the Jews from all over come back to Jerusalem you know God likes to show out oh y'all don't hear me God likes to show out God God is going to do his best stuff when folks can see it why? Because he's trying to get praise out of your lips. Don't, won't God wait until you don't have no other answer? And then he comes short. I mean, I mean, he will stroke. I mean, I mean, I mean, he will, he will, he will, with a, with a strut, come in and show out so that by the time he's done doing what he has done, you can't help but know that it was nobody but God. I just want to know, is there anybody in the house that's seen God do the impossible? That's seen God come and set you away? When you try to find another reason of how it was done, it still ends up, it had to be God that did it. Because if God didn't do it, it wouldn't have got done. And what that does is that makes your faith even stronger. So I tell you what, God says, I just don't want a few Jews to know what I'm up to because I'm about ready to do a new thing in the house. So he waits until Pentecost, which is the feast of harvest, of celebration, and all the Jews from all over is, is there celebrating. And God said, now watch me. Take these 120 disciples Sitting in one room again. See, notice that God does some special things when we together that he may not do when we're alone. He said, he said, he said, and all of a sudden, they hear this whoom, like a mighty wind. And the Holy Spirit fell on them in tongues. And they start talking in the tongues of all the people that were sitting there. Listen, I have no problem with tongues. Okay, but I know it's a prayer language. I know sometimes it's prophecy, but it does, this example does not mean that everybody will talk in tongues. This example was so that they would know a new dispensation has started. That now God is taking his children 
and they are being baptized into Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is now on the inside. So he got everybody's attention and he was able to speak to everybody at one time and they heard the praises of God in their own voice and they could not come up with an explanation except from this must be God. Let me tell you what God wanted to do. God wants to sow imprint himself in your life that folks who used to know how you used to be will have to say you have changed. How did you change? I know how you used to be. You're not the same person I knew way back then. Tell me what, what happened? I've been watching you. You don't cuss no more. You don't drink no more. You're not as nasty as you used to be. There's something that happened. Is there anybody in here where you got to testify? Thank God I'm not what I used to be. I may not be what I'm going to be, but God. Peter stands up at this time and begin to preach. I thank God that Folks who we throw away, God is going to use. Most folks wouldn't allow Peter to preach. He denied. But wait a minute. Haven't you done some stuff that if folks knew your whole story, they wouldn't think as highly? But ain't you glad that God looked past your faults and so? You know what? I'm amazed at what God can use. Yes, sir. Don't you remember the story of Bellum uh-huh. and this donkey yeah. is, is, is carrying this, this prophet and this prophet got his mind on money yeah. instead of got his mind on God uh-huh. and this donkey stops and refused to move yeah. and he's kicking and beating on this donkey and God touched a dumb donkey and the donkey said why you kicking me if you saw what I see you wouldn't be kicking me my fact dummy I'm saving your life cause there's an angel standing in front of me with his sword out ready to take you you ought to be thanking me and not kicking me you jack Listen, 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 listen. If God can use a donkey and you've been made in his image and you've been created after his goodness and he has put his spirit in you, tell me what God can do through you. It doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what you've done. God looks past all that stuff and said, in spite of you, I got some things that, you know what, I believe, I believe that God specializes in the worst. Uh, listen, 
Because if he can change the worst, he can change anybody. When he changed Paul, he picked the worst. When he chose some of you, he picked the worst. Ain't you glad that God picked you out and said, I can use you. I'm going to confound the wisdom of folks and choose you. I'm almost finished. Watch this. You know what I'm doing? I'm talking about the church story that was being written by Luke. But wait a minute. We are in the church period, which means the story is still being written. My question is, here the disciples are, bold now, full of the Holy Ghost, because God has breathed on them. They know their life is in danger, but they are empowered and determined. They know that they got a story that has to be told. And they don't care who don't like it. All they know is that this is so good. I want everybody to get a part of this. They had to can't help this, y'all. You know what I'm talking about? We talk about baseball and basketball and football and the the L.A. wives and uh, L.A. wives and uh, and the L.A. wives and L.A. Atlanta housewives. I don't even know what such things Atlanta housewives. But you know. We talk about, at some point, there should be a pressing that we're waiting for God to open up the opportunity for us to tell somebody about the goodness of our God. Listen, it was so pressing on them that they couldn't think of anything else. It was they, they said, let me tell you that this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I know we've been talking about everything else, but I got something I got to tell you. My Jesus, my Lord. Listen, I'm not saying that you be obnoxious about it. I'm not saying you be on another world about it, but I'm saying that wait till God opens up the door and don't be ashamed to walk through that door and say, I can tell you what he done for me. I can see you're under the stress. I know somebody that can take your pain away. I know somebody that can change your life. I know somebody because he did it for me. His name Man, his beautiful name, his mighty name, his wonderful name, his excellent name is G, is G, is G, is G. Is there anybody in the house know my Jesus? Is there anybody in the house love my Jesus? Is there anybody in the house? Is 
that's about my Jesus. Is there anybody, anybody who know him in the house? If we know him in the house, we ought to carry him outside of the house that we may fill the house. That's how the church fills the house. We get filled up with Jesus in the house, but we carry him outside of the house so that others will follow us to the house. Uh, maybe maybe y'all didn't get that. We get filled up in the house, but we carry him outside of the house. We talk about him outside of the house. We love on folks with the love of Jesus outside of the house so that when we come to the house, folks want to come with us because they've been touched outside of the house by the Jesus that filled us in the house. If you want to know what this is all about, that's what this is all about. If that was true for the first century church, then it ought to be true for the 21st century century church. Not just the preachers, but every individual member. He's the best thing that ever happened to us. He's not secondary. He's primary. And though the world don't know him, we know him and should not be ashamed to talk about him. My question, do you know him today? If you know him, how is he writing your story? But if you don't know him, I got preachers here, deacons here, that would like to pray with you. They'd like to share with you that you would see the goodness of the Lord for yourself. That you may have a story that Jesus made all the difference in my life. He loves you. He wants to save you today. He wants to turn it around today. I offer you Jesus. If you're here today, come on. Come on, let's walk this together. Come on. If you're here today, 